If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. Live in studio on what has become a snowy, icy, Thursday afternoon, but it's a good one because the Chiefs are still Super Bowl champions. It makes the cold not as cold, makes the day a little better every time you remember Super Bowl 57 belongs to Kansas City. Dylan Michaels behind the glass and will be joined in just one moment by Tucker Franklin. Let's bring him on now. Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Follow him on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Tuck, how you doing? Doing. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be joining you uh, today on this fine program. I uh, couldn't be more excited because the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions and we got to spend a day yesterday celebrating that fact. And I uh, couldn't be more excited to be talking about it with you here today. Uh, before we go farther, uh, did you know you're still in my phone as Tucker? 810 intern. I did not know that. And I should probably stay in your phone like that forever, to be honest. Uh, we got a good thing going, so you don't want to change, switch anything up right now. So uh, uh, maybe, maybe just got to stay like that. I mean, I think it has to. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl with you in my phone as Tucker intern. See, for those of you that right. don't know, J.B. Briscoe, Josh Briscoe, was, I guess, your – your mentor, if you will, at the radio station. You were interning on almost entirely sports. Then I was here. Tucker and I used yeah. to do this stuff pretty often together. And then he's on to bigger and better, better things. While I am, I am stuck here, just just trucking along. Isn't that right, Tucker? No, that is incorrect. <laughs> I think you, I think you have your stories mixed up. Uh, no, I remember. I think Josh just told me to go on uh, your show with you, just because. So I'd stop bugging him for a little bit. And I think that's what happened. Is Josh was like, all right, just go. Go bother Sterling for a little bit. Uh, go on this show, and we talked a lot. I, it was obviously during the summer, so a lot of Royals talk and, and stuff. But yeah, man, uh, good to be back. Good to be back on and uh, and, and get to talk of, talk some Chiefs, man. It's uh, what a time. Well, you were at the parade yesterday, and you had a nice little viral clip of you on Kay Adams' show. Which, first off, congratulations to you to being on Up in Adams. Uh, but you were having a lot of fun, and I love your tagline. You know, your tagline w- w- was great. What was it? Uh, vibes are high and the beer is flowing. Yeah. Why, why isn't that on a T-shirt? It should be. If if Orlando Brown and Creed Humphrey and all those guys on the offensive line can make one tweet and it all ends up on a, on a T-shirt, I think that is well-deserving of being on a T-shirt. Uh, we could probably make that happen somewhere. Uh, Charlie Hustle needs to get in on that. I think I, that idea—that's they need to get on the ground floor. Of vibes are high and beers are flowing, uh, because I think I think not only in a parade situation can you get behind that, but just like on a weekend, a uh, little little darty on the on the summer, a nice spring darty when it's nice out and the sun's sun shining, vibes are high. 
Beers will be flowing on those days. Doesn't matter what what occasion. Um, it's always a it's a it's a it's a saying I like to live by in my life. Is vibes are high and beers are flowing. Hey, we'll make it into a t-shirt. You'll come to my crib this summer and we'll make some jungle juice. We'll have us a nice little party. Uh, but what it. what was the parade like? I mean, it was crazy. I yeah. frankly wasn't able to go. I had some podcasts, some radio work back here. I had to get, uh, I had to do. Didn't think I was going to be able to get it back to the station in time considering the traffic, all the people that were there. But what was the parade like? You know, it was one of those, it was one of those occasions where, uh, being around people that like the same thing as you and you are all there for uniting by one common cause. And that's obviously the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was incredible. And everyone, like nothing could ruin that day, right? I, there were, I think what, what also was incredible about that parade and what kind of shows a little bit about Kansas City is to have a lot of people get together like that and nothing relatively on a large scale go wrong is a, is a feat in its own, right? <laughs> Uh, to get all those people in one spot and, and have everybody get along is incredible. And then from what I know, from my knowledge, nothing really was all that wrong with the parade. And so obviously Kansas City's gotten really good at parades since the first one they did in 2015 with the uh, Royals. Kind of remember that one being a little bit of a hot mess. But going to this one, man, shout out to the KC Sports Commission, uh, Kathy Nelson over there, doing a phenomenal job of not only – having the resources in place, but also communicating that the resources are in place that you need to, uh, you know, the bus stops, the, the park and the park and ride situation. Great, great all around. Listen, Kansas City's getting used to these uh, parades, these championship parades. We're probably going to have another one uh, come the fall time with the KC current with the way they're shaping up. But it's looking like uh, this is going to be something that is a commonplace in Kansas City. And that's what was so cool is that even though it might be a commonplace in Kansas City now, None of the people in attendance were taking anything for granted, right? It was it was a really a moment to soak it in, take a take in what this team accomplished, and celebrate their accomplishments and realize. And I think that this is kind of a part of it: is you don't get to taste the sweet without the sour, right? You don't get to taste uh, the sweet without the salty. You know, losing the one in Tampa Bay, losing to the Bengals last year, I think made this one all that much more sweeter. And you got to sit back. And say, and you know, obviously, I was at Union Station. They were playing the Super Bowl before the parade started to watch, kind of watch back the condensed version. I'm thinking, man, this this stuff is not easy. And to be able to have to go to two parades in my lifetime, granted, I didn't go to the first one, but to have two parades in my in my lifetime, um, it is incredible. And uh, forever thankful for that, and thankful for uh, Kay Adams for letting me on her show to chug a beer on live tv i don't know uh, why she wanted me to why she let me do that i should say uh to tarnish her fine program but no it was uh it was a great scene out there just everybody being together and everybody cheering for the one thing that that they were there to cheer for was was special and you know there was cr- so many people there on a day that probably you didn't need to be outside for as long as those people were outside because uh, it was a little it was a little brisk it was a little cold 37 yeah. degrees i believe is what it was um and that was before wind chill, so it was a great day. Um, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have changed for the world, but Sterling, I don't blame you. The traffic was <laughs> insane. There was a lot of hard time getting out of there. Um, There's a couple times there where I thought, man, maybe you know, maybe I should have stayed back and, and did some of the things. Maybe I should have been responsible. No, but. No, it seems like it turned out pretty well. No, because the vibes were high and the beer was flowing. Which, by the way, I'm glad you drank on right. Kay Adams' show because when I had her on, we had a, a Zoom, and I ripped a shot of Smirnoff on it. So I'm glad that you and I, our brand, is just uh, is boozing. There you go. It's boozing, baby. Let's go. But, but I do think it's funny. It. It, you bring up a good point. 
you look at all these you know, parades that happen, and a lot of times bad things do go on. But when you've looked at these three that Kansas City has hosted in recent memory, the worst thing that's happened is what? A dude fell out of a tree and showed his ass? Like, that might be the worst thing that happened. That's a great job by the, by Kansas City and the citizens to be responsible and respectful. And I want to go and touch on this some more. Is there a city like Kansas City, that buys in and feels synonymous with its sports teams? Because when you think of Kansas City, you think of the Chiefs. When you think of the Chiefs, you think of Kansas City. When you think of Las Vegas, you don't think of the Raiders. When you think of L.A., you don't think of the Rams or the Chargers. But it really does feel like the city and the sports teams have that sort of connection. You don't see a lot of people from Kansas City, at least who grew up here, who are, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a Cowboys fan. Or you don't see a ton of people from Kansas City who are like, oh, I'm a Yankees fan. It just feels like the the city does a great job connecting with the fans, and, and it means something. Absolutely, and and I think that that as you mentioned, some of the cities that we like, I've kind of had conversations with people about just the the run that Kansas City and just the Midwest in general. If you count like Kansas basketball winning a national championship, that's huge as well. That's kind of the same region, forty five minutes from Kansas City. You kind of kind of consider that as well. You talk, you look at like. You're talking about Boston and that run that they had with the Celtics and the Patriots and the success that Kansas City has had uh, it rivals right up there. But when you think of Boston, I don't know if you necessarily think of the Patriots or you necessarily think of uh, the Celtics. Like, there's a lot of history in that city. There's a lot of things that um, from Boston, you could have some Yankees fans from there. There could be some Giants fans, um, whatever it may be. But Kansas City, and not only Kansas City, but I would just say the mid the Midwest in general, especially in, in you know even going up to St. Joe, there's a lot of Chiefs fans there. They really resonate well uh, with the Chiefs fans, and just the Chiefs' ability to connect with uh, with the community, the fan base has been has been unrivaled. I think in the NFL, I don't know if you see a team be able to uh, have a couple of more marketable superstars, right? Like uh, Travis Kelsey is doing his best to trying to get a job after football, as you can tell with the New Heights podcast and I. I have no doubt that that man will make more money outside of football than he will inside of football with just his ability to be on a microphone. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to make a lot of money in football, and it's going to be very hard uh, to make more money after football. But I think he could possibly do that as well because he is electric whenever he talks. And he, oh, listen, his little bit that he did on the uh, the Kimmel show was killer. Uh, so good. Um, I think that that's kind of uh, something that also helps is, is being able to put your superstars because – I think we see this in baseball a lot, Sterling, where you have some good superstars, you have some good personalities, but not being able to put them in positions to show their personalities and show uh, their marketability is is what kind of baseball gets put in, right? The NFL does a really good so- job of marketing the personalities, and I think the Chiefs do the same thing as well. The Chiefs have done a really good job in the NFL of showcasing Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, making you feel like you're you're friends with those guys. And that's been the, that's been the biggest thing is that you see those guys and you feel like that they're your friends. And I think that might be why that everyone who really is from Missouri, from Kansas, from Nebraska, from Iowa, identifies as a Chiefs fan. I know there's a lot of uh, older fans that might have been Cowboys fans just because, you know, their dad was a Cowboys fan back in the 80s and 90s when they were winning everything. and uh, Bandwagon. And watched them on TV. Right, basically. Uh, their dad was a bandwagon fan, so they have to be one too. Um, but I, I think that you're, you're – you're getting away from that a little bit more as we see accessibility to every team be a little bit better 
and uh, people will be able to make their own decisions. And if you're in Kansas City, man, it's it's rare to find someone who is not a Kansas City Chiefs fan, really a Kansas City Royals fan. I mean, it's it's uh, something special. Honestly, the Cowboys fans, I feel like they have a little bit of a pass just because when Jerry Jones curses your franchise by firing two Hall of Fame coaches <laughs> uh, in lieu of trying to make him the main focus, I think that it's okay if yeah. we take a little bit of that on that maybe they were grandfathered into a cursed franchise. Well, if you give Zeke more money and more carries, it might work out. You, you, you never know. Yeah, in 2017 or <laughs> 2023. Were you nervous at all? when the players were on the mic because part of me is sitting here going these fellas have drank all day Mahomes has goggles on sideways eyes looked a little glassy WWE championship well, belt on Jalen Watson didn't get on the mic so I think we were okay yeah. I think as long as he didn't get on the microphone we were good oh I mean what what, I, what did you think Tucker cuz I I always just get slightly nervous I I understand it Mahomes has this persona about him where he's, he's he's perfect, man. Like, he doesn't say anything out of turn, nothing's wrong, says the right thing every single time. But a, a cup cocktails in, I got a little nervous. Listen, judgment sometimes goes to the wayside, when, uh, <laughs> as, I, as I have commonly coined the phrase. Beer, when the beers are flowing, judgment sometimes falls to the wayside and isn't the first thing as you think about. I wasn't necessarily nervous about... Travis talking or Patrick Mahomes talking. I think when it was uh, when Chris Jones tried to grab the mic from uh, Mitch Holtis, that's when I was like, oh, oh, no. Like, what's going to happen here? Um, that's when I was uh, getting a little weary. I felt bad uh, for Nick Bolton. It felt like he was forced to talk when, you know, Nick Bolton doesn't really want to be the center of attention, man. He he wants to just go out there, play football, you know, score his scoop and scores and, and get out of there. He does. He's not much of a media guy. But when he uh, when he was called to the front, it just seemed like that he did not want to be in that. Shit. And I felt bad because that dude uh, he he wanted to stay in his shell. And listen, um, as a guy who uh, I've never been I've never been scared to talk in front of people, but I understand uh, where where he's coming from in that situation. That's the only time I was like, oh man, don't put don't put him on the spot like this. Like let let him uh, let him just enjoy his uh, enjoy his time. But uh, no, uh, Patrick and Patrick and Travis are so polished at this point. It's one of those things where, yeah, Travis kind of had did have an, an all-time little speech there. I was kind of hoping Donna Kelsey would come out there and have a little bit of something to say. But, uh, no, I, I think that those guys, they're just so polished. There's a reason there's, a reason there's one guy on the team that has a podcast, and it's Travis Kelsey, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's uh, what I just keep going back to. And, and I, Andy trusts him, and I don't think that they really gave a whole lot of ammunition uh, to opposing teams for next year. But, yeah. Uh, it's always fun to uh, to just uh, hear those guys talk and just be so fired up. Hey, I will say I'm thrilled Nick Bolton gave us an M-I-Z as a Mizzou alum. That meant yes. a lot. Yes. I, know he, I know he loves Mizzou, but he doesn't always say Mizzou or University of Missouri in his intro videos when, when they get announced. So him giving us an M-I-Z, uh, I, I will take it. Yeah, and that was, uh, that was electric. Uh, he, he shouted out the state of Missouri. And I think he was really just saying, like, the University of Missouri. He's, like, a shout to, like, Missouri before he did the MIZ chat. And so, like, I, that's, that was always – that's real heartwarming. I know that I know that I've been hard on Nick Bolden. But, listen, this year – and that Super Bowl, best game he's played professionally. Played his, played his tail off when he had to play his tail off. So, had to hit to Nick Bolden. Been really impressed with his improvement and his development. 
not only this year, but even through last year, up into this year, and the way he's been able to turn himself into this uh, very consistent pro is something that uh, that he doesn't look like the same player coming out of college and what he was uh, in college, which is incredible. Uh, hat tip to him for all the work that he's been able to put in and, and play like that. Listen, if he gets that other super, scoop and score, if they call that he's play MVP. correctly. He's MVP. He's MVP. He is MVP. Yes, yes. 100% agree. Uh, Let me find those odds. Yeah, seriously, someone threw five on – you know someone threw five bucks on that thing to win. I have no idea how much and is just sitting here just still pissed off. He's going to be telling his grandkids 35 years from now – I don't know why 35, probably more like 55 to 60 – and saying, I would have won so much money, I was robbed. You just know someone did yeah. that. Uh, Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network joining us right here. Yeah, when Chris Jones took the mic, I was I was shocked because Mitch Holtis obviously has a – uh, a plan in place, r- r- right? Mitch Holtis knows that there's a script. Mm-hmm. We're going to stick to it. When someone goes out of script, you have no idea what they're going to say, especially when they've been boozing all day. The look on his face was priceless. But Dylan just came yeah. up with the odds that Nick Bolton had of Super Bowl MVP. What was it? 10,000 plus 10,000. Man. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Oh. All right. Next year. Tucker, you and me, we're going to throw five on a whole bunch of long shots. What do you say? Yeah, I'm with it. I'm into it. And especially if one hits, you cover the five that you got. You got to put down enough, though, Like, because I, I did a Patrick Mahomes uh, MVP one, which like he was like plus 120, still plus money. Easy win for me uh, on that one. But you just got to lay down enough that if you win, it covers what you place down on the, high, on the long shots. That's, that's the strategy right there. Will we ever get a a you know a, someone who who well, I'm drawing a blank the speech will we ever get a speech gosh and I do radio will we ever give a speech as good as Johnny Gomes did when he when the uh, Royals won the World Series because that Johnny Gomes speech is just etched in my memory I don't know if uh na 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 quite lives up to that I would agree with that the Johnny Gomes one is uh, is legendary and I don't. Not just in Kansas City, but just like parades all around. Um, I do think the Jason Kelsey one was very mm. good uh, when they won the uh, Super Bowl, uh, and I was kind of hoping that I was going to see some outlandish apparel from uh, Travis Kelsey just to kind of one up Jason in that regard. But no, after listening to their New Heights podcast, I think that was quickly out the window after I uh, listened to that episode of of those guys kind of talking about the game and rehash and all of that. But I was I was hoping for a for a legendary Travis Kelsey uh, performance. And listen, I don't think I don't think that his speech was bad by any regard. Uh, but Johnny Gomes, that's a high, that's a high bar. That's a high bar to cross. And and he got close, but I don't know if it if it quite tops that. Yeah, Johnny Gomes is Michael Jordan. You can be um, you know Allen Iverson. You can be Clyde Drexler. It's very very good. It ain't it ain't the yeah. Michael Jordan of speeches. Johnny Gomes was the Michael Jordan of speeches. How did Jalen Watson hurt himself? I saw him throw that tweet out there this morning. Apparently, he hurt himself at the parade. Any idea what happened? I don't have any clue what happened. Um, I do know uh, when I saw the tweet about him in a wheelchair, I thought it was because he was too intoxicated to walk. Because <laughs> there was a uh, there was a um, Instagram story from Jalen Watson. If you don't follow him on Instagram, I believe it's like paper dot cups. Paper cups is his uh, Instagram. And he posed with a full bottle of Hennessy. And he was on top of the Upper Decker bus drinking Hennessy. 
And if you're drinking a full bottle of Hennessy, I can see why you need to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. Um, and I think that, that that's how I took it. He could have gotten hurt doing something else because also if you're drinking a full bottle of Hennessy, you're also yeah. – uh, the judgment goes to the wayside. Uh, but I think that those guys were having a good time. And, I, and what I thought was funny is George Karloftis responded to it and said black forces uh, because uh, I thought that he was wearing black air forces in, uh, in when he was sitting in the wheelchair. So, uh, no, the guys were giving him a, a hard time for it. That's why I didn't think it was that big of a deal, right, because the guys yeah. were kind of razzing him uh, for – for a rookie move is what a lot of them were saying. Uh, so, no, it's a good t- Those guys had a good time. They deserve it. I mean, they deserve every- – I, I don't – people will get upset like, oh, you shouldn't be drinking that. No, dude. They just spent – they spent, well, how long is it? Eight months out of the year doing something that is incredibly hard to achieve, and they achieved it. Let them celebrate for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know? I mean, I more power to them. wasn't an issue with Tom Brady got to be carried out, so I don't want to hear it. About <laughs> right. And, and Tom Brady right. 40, was 43 at the time. Dude yeah, knows better. Time, man. Jalen Watson's like 23. Top of the world. Jaylen, or Shannon Sharp said it great yeah. this morning. They're on Mount Everest. They got the last laugh, the mm-hmm. last saying. They're enjoying it. What's yeah. the problem? I also would say Hennessy Sprite and Lemon KCT. Now that's a good drink. Well, what was Leo Chanel drinking that he can climb the side of a? But did anyone? Did you see that Dude, video? If you want, oh any, my god! If you want to just another reason to prove how these dudes are so much more athletic than the average person, just look at him. It was a double decker bus, and he scales it like Spider Man effortlessly. I'm sitting here just thinking. How the hell? What did he grab onto? So somebody just put a picture, a picture of the guy when he's in the control room in Born, any of the Bourne movies, and it just says, "Oh my God, that's Jason Bourne," because it just looks yep. like a, it looks like an action movie. Tucker, could you do it? I thought it was fake. Uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Well, here, here's the fun part. Okay, Sterling, let me paint a picture for you. Yeah. So Main Street was closed off south of Pershing. Uh, so basically, Main Street south of Union Station was all closed off. They had rows of porta potties right there, um, because right when you're boozing, you need to you need to use the facilities. And they had plenty of facilities there, but there were still lines at every one. Uh, had a couple of close calls, but we made it. We did it. it but there's a retaining wall on the on that left side uh, towards Union Station. If you're traveling north on Main Street and you're looking over to kind of the the lawn, the hill that's right in front of uh, Union Station, there's a retaining wall that's right there. I had to jump down that retaining wall because I was up at Union Station. I jumped down the retaining wall, and I went to the went and did my business. I went and came back, and I thought, oh, no, I've got to get back up to this retaining wall. <laughs> and it's probably a good five-foot retaining wall. Like, it, it's a good height. I probably uh, – yeah, it's probably up to my neck level, so probably about five foot. I'm not very tall. Um, so, and I've also, as we've, as we've previously stated, the beers are flowing, and I've had a few at this point. So I was like, I've got to figure out how to get on top of this retaining wall. Uh, so I tried to do the old, uh, you know, put my foot, just lift myself up a little bit. Nope, nothing working for me. I'm, like, looking around making sure no one's, like, recording me and going to put this out on Twitter or something. I'm like, look at this dude. He's he's an idiot. Um, but So I'm like, okay, I've only got one option left. I've got one option, and that's to Lambo leap it. And so I'm, like, backing up, making sure there's nobody around me. I'm on the sidewalk. I take a, I take a good little jog and a little pep in my step jump up and, and now it was no athletic feat of you know jumping over like onto a double decker bus but i jumped up got it in a good position where i could put my hands on top of the retaining mm. wall lift myself up and, and spin and put my butt up on top of it right uh but it's the old pool move that, you, know, you know when you're jumping out of a pool yes yeah that yes, move. yeah exactly that move but with no water at my aid and a, a few deep 
so I, I did that, and I was like, okay, hey, that wasn't that bad. And then later that day, I see that video of Leo Chanel circling around, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, the dude is just a little different. They build, they're building different up in Wisconsin, you know, maybe a little bit different. You know what, though? I think in, in hindsight, you wish someone was recording you, and then you can post it side by side and say, hey, Leo, I'm just like That's you. True. Which one? Which one's more impressive, Leo? Let me ask you that. Which one's the um, real Leo Chanel? Which, which is the real NFL athlete? Me and my uh, me and my Tommy Townsend jersey with my uh, Patrick Mahomes Oakleys on. Uh, that would uh, that have really been a good one, man. I, I, you know what, Sterling, you're right. I do wish somebody was recording me. All right, before I let you go, let's talk a little legacy now. What does this mean yeah. for the legacy? First off, Andy Reid. To me, this puts him, you know, in the pantheon of head coaches. He's obviously already going to the Hall of Fame, known as an offensive genius, offensive mastermind, helped change the game, move the game forward. You know, there's a lot of amazing head coaches throughout the history of the NFL. You're starting to make the case, is he top five all time? Where do you put Andy Reid in this second Super Bowl in regards to his legacy? I think he definitely is top t- top five, I should say. Uh, if you look at all of kind of the metrics that you, I guess you could use the word metrics, uh, that you measure a head coach by top five in wins. He's top five in almost every major uh, category that you talk about. I believe he's one win a, or one appearance away from all-time playoff appearances. Um, you look at uh, games, he's number two in the playoff game wins. Um, he's he's uh, It's incredible. Games over 500, he's top, he's four in it. He's he's got obviously the two Super Bowls. It's going to be hard to beat Belichick or uh, you know some of those legendary guys. But another one, I think, just you could start talking, and especially if Bill Belichick slips a little bit more in this post Tom Brady era, I think the door opens a little bit more to talk about Andy Reid being the best coach ever. I don't think that that's necessarily that big of a stretch. So Andy Reid is outside of the top five when it comes to. Um, Conference championships, uh, but not by much. I, mean, I think actually he's tied for tied for four. So uh, that's what it looks like. So it he's he he has the numbers to back it up. A conversation for the top five. He's he's behind guys like Bill Belichick, Don Shula, Tom Landry. But man, if if he does have some, I mean, he's twenty four years as, as a head coach in the NFL. Bill Belichick is in his twenty eight. Uh, I don't don't know how many more he's got, but he's going to have a good shot to get more of these titles, more of these wins, more of these records every year that he has Patrick Mahomes and even Travis Kelsey. I know I don't know how many years Travis Kelsey has left. That's a conversation probably for another time. But I, I think that Andy Reid, the the more the longer he has, the longer he goes, he has a better shot just because he's going to have Travis Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, as we've seen as Chiefs fans, we've seen that he gives the Chiefs the best shot to win, no matter the odds, no matter the circumstances, no matter uh, how many teams have been losing at halftime by double digits, no matter what that record was, no matter uh, how many MVPs have won a Super Bowl since 1999 uh, at the same time. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where Patrick Mahomes defies the odds and he's going to help Andy Reid become a, a top 
maybe top three coach all time, but when it's all said and done. Yeah, let's go to Patrick Mahomes really quickly in his legacy because this is just unreal. I think he's just now starting to enter his prime. What, at 27, the athleticism is still there. The ability is still there. But now you're getting the the between-the-ears part. You're starting to see everything multiple times throughout your career. You understand how to beat a defense. You, You take what the defense is giving you, which we saw in the Super Bowl. It wasn't him trying to make these incredible plays. It was, all right, this is what I'm seeing. I'm going to dice you up. And that's what Mahomes did. I don't know if he did that earlier on in his career. I don't know if he would have tried to force the ball. But he didn't. He took what was given to him. He had only one incompletion in the second half of the Super Bowl, which was a throwaway. That was Mahomes being smart. Now has two Super Bowls, the MVPs, the All-Pros, you know, two Super Bowl MVPs. What does this mean for Mahomes and his legacy as far as where he sits? Because I think right now, obviously, if he retires tomorrow, please don't. He's already in the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think we're approaching the territory where we could start to uh, to, to think about him being the best football player of all time. Mm. And I know it's going to be hard to rival Tom Brady and what he did as, as championships. I think that Tom Brady is the greatest winner of all time. I don't think that's going to be debatable. I don't know if we'll see a player ever win seven Super Bowls again. I don't think that, that that'll ever happen. But when you look at the numbers – you look at what Patrick Mahomes has done at age 27. Age 27. This this kid, it, it's incredible. Uh, I call him a kid, even though he's older than me. But like he, he's been able to do this at a high level, and he's been able to get better every year. Each year he does something that we haven't seen before in the NFL, and that's what's so mind-boggling about where Patrick Mahomes can go. Patrick Mahomes is going places that we've never seen before. That's that's what it that's what it is. And, and the way that Patrick Mahomes has composed himself not only on the field but off the field and developed his mental side of the game. And, and Patrick, will, I believe he said it on the New Heights podcast. He said that was the biggest thing for him coming into the league. He didn't realize how much of a of a mental jump that it was. But Alex Smith really helped him out. So I think you know what? Go ahead and throw Alex Smith in the Hall of Fame while we're at it. If he's going to get into the All Hall of Fame, because I don't think Patrick Mahomes can. Pat will be the first guy to admit it that I don't think uh, Patrick Mahomes today is the Patrick Mahomes he is without Alex Smith. Um, so uh, I've been continually impressed by Patrick Mahomes, and I really think this playoff run, this playoff, I guess you could call it a series of games, just furthers the legacy, furthers the just the mystique around uh, Patrick Mahomes. The the myth of Patrick Mahomes is what, what it'll be. You know, you got all these stories about – the, the folk hero of Bo Jackson. We're going to have the same type of stories when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Remember when he uh, came back down 10 in the Super Bowl with only one leg and he sealed it with a run up the middle for like 24 yards? I think it was the longest play from scrimmage in that game uh, on a bum ankle that he re-aggravated in that game. There's a bunch of stories like that now that you're going to have about Patrick Mahomes not only doing in the regular season, but he does it on the highest level. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing, too, is we talk about how good Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and – and all of these other quarterbacks are uh, Justin Herbert. We talk about how good uh, Trevor Lawrence is. Those guys haven't done it on the big level that Patrick Mahomes has. And I think that it's unfair to qualify, to compare these quarterbacks to Patrick Mahomes. And that we got to get to the spot where we're not comparing quarterbacks to Patrick Mahomes. That's not fair to these other quarterbacks. That's not fair to Joe Burrow yes. to compare to Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes cannot be reached at this point. I don't think it's possible for Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, 
name a quarterback, Jalen Hurts even. I'm a, becoming a big Jalen Hurts fan. I don't think it's possible for him to get to the level of Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes has reached an unobtainable level of any quarterback left in this league, and I think he has the most active Super Bowls now yeah. of, of any quarterback in this league. Um, wild to say, as an age 27 quarterback <laughs> for the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Incredible. Uh, the quarterback they drafted. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> uh, I, I will also point out just very, very quickly, because I know we don't have a ton of time, but just the fact is you and I agree on this. It's disrespectful and, and dishonest to, to put these other quarterbacks up to, to Mahomes. It's unfair to Joe Burrow, because yes. now we have to just show yes. you why Joe Burrow's not even in the same stratosphere, even though Joe Burrow is a damn good quarterback. He's not Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And when you try and compare these, it's just not fair to Joe Burrow because he's not going to stack up. The stats, the numbers, the eye test, it's just not there. Uh, finally, I know today's a horrible day to ask this, but when are we going to hit the sticks? Buddy, uh, it is a bad day because it is awful outside. Yeah, uh, but once it clears up, I told you, I, I sent you a message. I said, let's get to the Super Bowl and, and we'll find a time. We will find a time soon. Um, maybe pre-draft. Well, let's do a pre-draft. Let's do that. Mm, love it. Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Follow on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Tucker, always a pleasure, man. Thank you, Sterling. Hey, vibes are high. Beer is flowing. Get it on a T-shirt. Tucker will rock it. I will rock it. Dylan, you in? Of course. Dylan's going to rock it. Put on a T-shirt. Take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch. Thank you to Tucker Franklin. But give me another uh, na 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 na, as former manager Ned Yost elected to the Royals Hall of Fame. More wins than any other manager in club history, and also has the best postseason record of anyone in postseason history with a minimum of 20 games managed at 22 and 9. Good for Ned Yost. Boom Yosted. Boom Yosted right into the Royals Hall of Fame. Uh, what's shocking? Guess what his overall record is, Dylan. Give me like a percentage guess. Ned? Yeah, Ned Yost. How many game, like percentage of games won do you think it is? 480. You're very close. 471. Ah. So 746, then 839. Obviously had a couple of seasons at the end and at the beginning where the teams weren't great, but 20. Obviously, 2014, 2015, he deserves to be in the Royals Hall of Fame. I am thrilled for Ned Yost. He took a poor product, built it up, culminated in two AL pennants, one World Series pennant, one World Series champion, flags fly forever, but being the first manager to do this since, you know, 1985, Ned Yost deserves this. If you are in a small market, you're a small market team, and you win a World Series, put your name up there. You deserve to be up there. A little Royals note that I found interesting. Yes, you might be shocked to hear. We will talk Royals. They're not done. When the Chiefs were bad, 
we would start talking Royals a month ago. But guess what? The Chiefs are so good right now, we don't get to any Royals talk until February 16th, post-Valentine's Day. Two little uh, tidbits here. The Royals sign Franmil Reyes to a minor league deal. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Franmil Reyes is. He's been around the majors a while now. He has two 30-plus home run seasons in his career, but last year he was brutal. He's only 27 years old, and last year uh, the numbers weren't great. 221, 273, 365 split with 14 homers in 118 games, but... He's been good in the past, and this is the type of signing I like the Royals to try out. He's 27, two more years of club control, obviously has a ton of power in the bat, and if the Royals think that their new overhauled minor league system, their new approach hitting-wise, if they think that they can find something to bring that back, I'm all for it. Um, in 2021, had an OPS of 828, hitting th- uh, 30 home runs. That's not that long ago. What do you think, Dylan? What do you think of 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 the Franimal, Franmil Reyes? I mean, I've never. I'm not a. I should follow baseball a little bit closer than that, but I don't know if I've ever. You've never heard? Oh, of the Franimal. No, it's it's been a minute. I am a first five baseball better, <laughs> so I normally I, know starting pitchers I, I and who has the best lineup. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Dylan is a first five inning better, and he's very good at it. Dude crushed it last year. We'll see. I mean, I was thinking I was a little over five hundred, but uh, it's time to start pitchers and catchers report, and it's time to start getting the uh, the Excel spreadsheet back up. Yeah, you see the Drake walk by. Yeah. He, the beard's gone. Uh, that's right. I didn't even notice that. The Drake at the station grows a beard the second, what's it, the second Royals, not the Royals, but the second the World Series ends. Yep. Typically not the Royals. When the World Series ends and then shaves it when kit, uh, catchers and pitchers report. Well, Drake walked by. No beard. What's that tell you? They reported. It's honestly like a, a groundhog finding its shadow. That's how, that's how exactly, you know if yeah. winter's going to be around or not. When is, when is pitchers and catchers reporting? Find the Drake. Beard or no beard. You're good to go. Uh, I will say, he's still ranked among the league leaders in exit velo last uh, last year, but he strikes out just an obscene amount. Uh, strikes out on over 30% of his at-bats, which is the seventh highest in baseball. He, he's mostly a DH. He can play some right field, but that's not where he uh, is best. Not a great defender, but the Royals need bats. You can't have everyone be a plus defender with a light bat. Sometimes you need a guy who can hit a bomb. Reyes can hit bombs. And again, it's a minor league deal. If he doesn't um, bounce back, no issues. So I like this signing. Um, Pretty excited about it, actually. Uh, the Royals also win an arbitration hearing against Brady Singer, which means, Brady Singer, uh, hopefully this does not piss you off. So, Brady Singer asked for $3.325 million. Grand scheme of things, not a lot of money. Well, to you or me, a lot of money. But in baseball, in professional sports, $3.325 million for what's going to be potentially your ace, that is cheap. I didn't think he was asking for anything crazy. That makes sense. 
Huh? He gets 2.95. Is that 0.4 million, that 400K, is that going to piss him off? I don't understand the Royals. I don't think it matters in baseball. The problem with the salary cap is, like, it's always going to be the highest bidder no matter what. So I, it I, feels I, like we get outbid. Whether I feel like we'd be closer to being outbid than him being pissed off and not taking a deal because of it. But, see, the Royals settled with eight arbitration-eligible players. Singer is the only case to go to a hearing. But for $400,000, he is probably going to be your ace. You want to sign him long-term to a deal. That four hundred k is much better in my mind. Go to him. Say, you know what? Fine, dude. You deserve it. What if this is like reverse psychology of like trying to give him a chip on the shoulder? Just saying, all right, this guy, he's easily fired up, I'd say. I'd say he is He a, doesn't need it. I know. Well, what I'm saying is He's like, a guy who can get in his head. That's he gets saying. in his own dome. I get what you're saying, but why Why be the team that know. gets in his dome? I, I'm just trying to think of any reason because you're right. Like 400 grand is not a lot. And especially to like, I wonder, I would love to know what the cost of an arbitration hearing is if there is any. You're, you're, I don't you're, think there would be, but if there is, like how funny would that be to like do the cost versus reward type thing for that? You're, you're paying Ryan Yarbrough more than him. The dude you's got from the Tampa Bay Rays. You're paying Nicky Lopez over 700K more than him. I get it. It's different because it's all based in baseball on how long you've been in the majors. I understand all of this. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I get it. You're not going to give everyone what they're asking for, but 400K? I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not I'm not thrilled. What's this mean when it comes to Bobby Witt Jr. in the future? What's this mean for Brady Singer in the future? I get it, maybe you're trying to prove a prove a point saying you're not bigger than the team. Not a fan. The Royals this year are expected to have a payroll just over eighty six million. Uh, according to Cots contracts, that is an 8.5% decrease from last year's $94 million payroll. I uh, don't know if there's any other moves to be made. Not a ton left. Not a whole bunch of uh, moves I think will get made. Seems more or less what we're going to see. So I don't know. I don't know about you, Dylan. I would have given him the extra four hundred k. That's what I would have done. Uh, NFL news, Calvin Ridley expected to apply for reinstatement. Something got swept under the the radar. We got something? Uh, it does cost the team money to do arbitration. According to this uh, <laughs> so they, publications through Marquette University on the, uh, what is the name of this article? Negotiated settlement and our MLB final offer salary arbitration system of 2014. So, so you're telling me the Royals paid money So here's what it says to pay less money. The use of mandatory interest arbitration to resolve bargaining disputes is found predominantly in the public sector. This is designed to reduce the negotiation costs to taxpayers. So that means <laughs> someone's paying for it. It might even be us. It's absurd. It's not worth it. Hunter Dozier's getting paid way more money than this. I'm frustrated. Dylan, 
Under new management, new ownership. Here's another little blurb. New GM. Some guy concluded that the cost of the arbitration widened the contract zone and increased the likelihood of negotiated settlement. So, yeah, it does seem like this costs the team money to go through this type of process. Oh, now, great, 400 yeah. grand? Not sure. Yeah, a couple of mil, sure. I'd get it. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, did it cost them 400 No, 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 no. I, 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 would be, I would be shocked. But but still, the, po- still, the point right. remains... You, you, it's you, easier to settle. It's 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 cheaper to settle. It's, it says it'd be way. It makes more sense in the long. That's why they the did long it with what did you say? How eight, many? Eight, I think it was eight players. The only one that was not was Brittany Singer. Uh, NFL news: Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley applied to the NFL to be reinstated from his indefinite suspension for gambling. I, I think it kind of get got swept under the rug. You didn't hear about it a ton, obviously, because the Jaguars still made the playoffs. Obviously, here in Kansas City, we're, we're, we're Chiefs dominant. But Calvin Ridley on the Jaguars next season makes that team pretty darn explosive. Trevor Lawrence coming into his own with, you know, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. Now Calvin Ridley under... A good head coach in Doug Peterson. I mean, this is pretty intriguing, wouldn't you say, Dylan? I, I think the Jaguars, I mean, I know we're we're looking way far ahead here, but just with Calvin Ridley trying to get reinstated, it, it bears bringing up, they're probably going to win that division next year. It's not a good division. But we, the, we saw how good the Jags looked towards the end of the year. Now, adding Calvin Ridley, that's going to be a fun team to watch. Did you kind of forget about Calvin Ridley as well? Or did you always have it in the back of your mind? Because part of me was like, I knew this, obviously, but I've not thought thought about Calvin Ridley for a long time. And hell, why would I? But I think it's pretty intriguing. Yeah, and we'll see how long. The good thing is, does he get to start like going through OTAs and all that, right? Yeah. So it won't be like the Deshaun Watson situation where it felt like he wasn't even... Well, no, did he get to go through all that with, Brent, with Cleveland last year? Last summer? Atlanta? No, I'm talking about because Deshaun Watson came out. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Oh, man. But that was because I felt like he got to do the team activities, then didn't, and then he was thrown right back in. So I think Calvin Ridley will come out looking really good because he'll get to play right from the jump after going through all the OTAs, learning all the plays, practice, all that stuff, training camp. So he'll actually get to play week one. So I think, yeah, that's like a huge, it's a huge, huge deal. addition. Yeah. Because he was getting it done with what he had last year, and Calvin Ridley was really, really good. Really good. Almost swore. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have never Calm down back there, Dylan. I love me some Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I, I realize that now. If I ever need to get you excited, I'll just say Calvin Ridley. Before we go to break. I'm a gambler. What? I mean, I... But before we go. <laughs> that was good. Uh, before we go to break. Do you like the Chiefs saying run it back again? Because I'm not a big fan of it. We we hey, already had the run it back season. Here's what reminded me of it was uh, Uncle Shay on Undisputed talking about the Bucks. And remember what Bruce Arians said about running it back. That it was Kansas City bleep, and we don't do that bleep. We're going for two. So I wonder if they, because they obviously remembered everything in the game sure. this year. I wonder if when they got up on that stage, someone was like, yeah, we're going to say it again just to reiterate that and uh yeah it is it is our thing because we are here a lot so i don't have a problem with it every team says it the Rams said it last year yeah cra- the bucks cra- said it but like i just said yeah. they said it and we said it in 2019 eagles i'm sure patriots 
I'm sure, sure. They, no one would bat an eye if the Patriots said it because Chiefs they do need it. something better than, than, than run it back though. We we got three and five. How about three and five? Yeah, back to back works. Sixty percent. It's a passing grade. What happened to back to back? Back to back was just back to back's good. I don't know. We'll think of something. We yeah. we got to find something better because three and five doesn't have the same same ring to it. Sixty percent. Yeah. 60% of the time, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl every time. The whole anchorman line. Eh, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch. ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. I I get it. I get it, Dylan. Chiefs beat the Eagles, he can play the Eagles again. I, I understand. But I've had a long day. And I bleepin' hate the Eagles, man. The big Lebowski, the dude was right. The dude was a Chiefs How many man. times has that have been posted if we lost? Oh, I, a lot. I'm considering posting. I've honestly not seen any, though. I was considering posting one just, I know the, the even the dude was a Chiefs fan. I've had a long day, and I believe in hate the Eagles, man. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Good one. Yeah. I'm occasionally clever. Very, very rarely. What did you think of the parade? I, I talked to Tucker about it, obviously. What were your main takeaways from the parade? Uh, it looked fun. It was like a big crowd. They said they expected like 500,000. Um, There's a million. It looked like they estimated yeah. by the pictures. So That was crazy. Outdid ourselves, and at least it was a little nicer, so people got to like, you know, hang around the players, and they didn't. They were saying on yeah. the t- telecast that like it's different. The players seem to be enjoying the crowd more than last time because it's freezing, basically. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. The players cool. were walking. And the, Steve Spagnolo. I don't know if you saw him. Dude was living it up. He had the Lombardi trophy going into the crowd, having a good time. Good for Spags. I mean, honestly, good for everyone who was involved. I saw Harrison Bucker get down. He was getting into it with the crowd, just having fun. It, it has to be such a cool experience, not just for the superstars of Mahomes, Chris Jones, Kelsey, but for the coordinators, some of the unsung guys going around there and celebrating with everyone. The one thing I wish they would do, and maybe I'm wrong here, Dylan. Maybe I'm I'm off base. You don't get to see the players' faces throughout the season as much because they're wearing helmets, right? I always thought it'd be great for the fans who are there. Maybe not their own jersey, but like their name on their back or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I, I, I'm, I'm not giving every single Chiefs fan enough credit here. But sometimes it is difficult to see, at least on the TV, right? Yeah, I, was, I can understand that. I thought it'd be interesting because, like, baseball and NBA, you see their faces. You don't have a helmet. Hey, I'm just saying, I, I will sell something. I will sell jerseys with the back of their name on it. I'll be that guy. This is the home stretch a number, here. even. There we go, a number. ESPN Kinsey back live in studio tomorrow at 3 to 4 p.m. Until then, we are out.